0: I'm going to do a few Bible studies that are sort of taking a spin on Paul's journey to Rome. Um, he was ordained by God to get there, and he went through a ton of stuff to get there. He finally got there. We know the story. We can read it, the book of Acts, but just trying to parallel some stuff here. So in the next few weeks, couple weeks, whatever it will Be I think in this month we're going to see what we can learn from this journey of Paul to reach his destination and to follow some of his example of what he did uh, to help us reach our Rome to help us reach our destiny and our destination it's it's amazing how things have changed over the past 100 years (laughs) but it's really truly it's amazing how many things have changed over the past five years. Over the past two years, just lightning speed. Everything is changing. Technology is changing so much. The advancement of things, the, the, the transportation industry, for one, the, they, they have a self driving car. I rented a car to go out to a funeral in West Virginia, uh, Sister Nancy Norris's mother's funeral, and it wasn't a self driving car but it was a self-assist car, and I didn't know how to turn it off. And so, obviously, I drive more towards the line than the car liked, so all the way there and all the way back, I fought that car trying to pull it over, and it was trying to pull me over. I was so sore, and this car, they told me, oh, it's an upgrade from a full size. Well, this could have fit in this pulpit, I think, was unbelievable, but this little car, and I fought that stupid thing all the way there, but it was a self-assist, and now, but of course, you know, the self-driving cars, and then the fully electric cars, and what's that tube they're trying to put possibly underground, that electromagnetic tube, and they're trying to, I've heard about this, where you can get in this tube, and it will shoot you from St. Louis to Kansas City in 30 minutes. It just speed underground, and they're, they're testing this stuff out, so transportation alone, many things have changed, but transportation alone is one of those that's changed. So with, with global flights and easier to, to book flights and, and easier ways to travel and, and all of those things, that's, that's, that's good, but there still are some old-fashioned hang-ups. There's still some misconnections. There's still some delays. There's still some canceled flights. There's still some unexpected layovers lost luggage uh it seems no matter how far we advance in certain areas there's always certain things that remain the same things we still will face every time or not every time but many times we come out on Anglem here and go down brown campus and i sit there at that light that there's no traffic forever and you just sit there and sit there and sit there and sit there i'm like we can land things on mars but we cannot get lights to change when no one's coming I'll never understand that. Just some old things, that some old habits. Which, it's just no one. uh, It's it's just how things are. It's just how life works sometimes. But let's talk about this, even in the spiritual realm, and even more so in our spiritual lives. Our our faith is like a journey. We take a step of faith. We get there. We walk by faith. We press towards the mark. We follow Jesus. All of these things throughout the Word of God is telling us we're taking a journey. We're on a, a journey to get to heaven is really what we're doing, to, in a journey we could say to be more like him. No one ever lived this out and really uh, both literally and symbolically as the Apostle Paul. Paul faced about every obstacle that was imaginable And really, some he faced was beyond imagination. I can't imagine some of the things that he even went through. Paul overcame storms and shipwrecks and beatings and snake bites and jail cells and angry mobs and Roman trials. He went through all of these things. So really, we should not be alarmed when we encounter obstacles or conflicts or problems and storms come along the pathway. That's going to happen. That's that's the way it is. Uh, it's not always easy. Following Jesus, think about this now. There there are some of these name it and claim it, grab it, nab it, and all this stuff that really, uh, those type of churches that just, I've I, I, Trust that they're doing what they know to do, but the problem with it is they just say, Well, once you live for the Lord, your life is going to be smooth sailing, it's going to be wonderful, and it's just going to be, uh, you know, healthy, wealthy, and wise at all times, which is very anti biblical. That's not what the Bible promises us, that's not what it says at all. Has the Lord blessed? Yes. Has the Lord healed bodies? Yes. Has the Lord provided jobs? Yes. Has the Lord made a way where there seemed to be no way? Yes. All those things are happening, and thank God for those things, but that doesn't happen every day of the week that we just live on top of the mountain all the time. That's not what life is, and that's not what it looks like even as a Christian. The Bible talks about, because one for, for, for one, my flesh wars against the spirits, the, the, the things that are spiritual. Galatians 5.17, let's look at this. You know this well. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and then the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary the one to another, so that you cannot do the things that you would. And so there's this constant battle. I heard someone once say that every Christian is somewhat a walking civil war. It sounds kind of weird, but what happens is my flesh wants to do this, and the spirit say, no, put that under subjection. This is what we need to do. This is how we follow Christ. This is what we do. Think Think of the New Testament, rather, when Jesus was teaching and preaching and the miracles and the signs and the wonders and the bread and the loaves and the fishes. All that was wonderful. And then he started teaching some things that really just kind of rubbed them the wrong way. And what they do, they just left him. We're done with this. This stuff's too hard. Well, what'd you come for? You come for the miracles, you come for the signs, you come for the wonders, you come for those things. Not saying those are not part of the Christian life, but we have to understand something about this, that our flesh is contrary to this many times. we There are things in my flesh that I don't like. There are things that will happen, and it takes great strength to live by faith. You hear sometimes people say, well, it's just a, you know, you Christians, you're just dependent on God all the time, and it's just a crutch. And Well, you can say what you want, but to me, that's, that's why we do this, is so that I can depend on God. I have to have him. I just told Janelle on the way to church, I said, there are times that my mind is spinning, and I'm like, I am so far over my, in over my head trying to pastor this church. I don't have a clue what I'm doing. But then I kind of paused a second and I said, but really that's probably the way it's supposed to be because I can't do this without God. I have to have his help. And so when I think in those terms, those are the th- times we go through these trials and then temptations and, and it takes great strength to surrender my plans to, Lord, I'm going to trust you in this. And I'm going to give it to you. It's the right way. And and consciously we could say, as Christians, we could say, oh, that's absolutely the right thing to do. Just surrender it all to God. Let God have it. Let God deal with your life. Let God do what he wants. It's much more difficult to live out. Especially for us, it's kind of got strong personalities. It's kind of like control freaks, we call them. For uh, We like to control certain things, and we like certain things planned out, and we like to know what we're doing and where we're going. We like that type of stuff. And then just to say, here, God, you can just take it all, and whatever happens, happens. That's really hard for some of us to do, but he needs to be in control. He needs to be in charge. God's word is the best compass it tells us in Psalm 119, 105. Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my pathway. I can't see the whole journey, but I can take the next step because I have his word. It's going to guide me. It's going to help me. Hebrews tells us in 12, 1 through 2, wherefore seeing We also, we're compassed with a greater cloud of witnesses. So let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us. And we've got to do this too. We've got to run with patience. That race that's set before us, because we're going to look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, talked about this on Sunday, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. This journey of faith it's called. Some days it feels as if we can take one step forward and then two steps back and I'm not getting anywhere and I'm unsure what I'm I'm doing and I feel lost and I feel like I'm in the middle of a storm and it seems like sometimes I'm in a wilderness wandering around and around in a wilderness and we we want to be on the right track. We want to experience God's guidance towards the destination where he wants to take us. But sometimes we truly wonder, are we on the right path? Are we making the right choices? Are we doing the right things? Whether we're even, whether we believe we're, we're supposed to be in a certain thing, or we're supposed to be down this path, and we feel underwhelmed, overwhelmed, and under-equipped. In other words, we feel just like the apostle Paul boarding that ship. He knew the Lord had called him to Rome. It was just a process in getting there. Because I'll get ahead for just a second. I'll come back. But if you remember just to point it out, getting on that ship, he was a prisoner. Getting on a prison boat is what he was doing. It was not first class on a jet. And they were going to motor the great apostle Paul in to talk to the elites in Rome. That's not how this was. He was a prisoner. That's not how I would have put this. Together, that's not how I would have planned this all out for the great apostle Paul to talk to the Roman emperor, to talk to the the elites there. Of course, I wouldn't have picked Mary to have Jesus and him come as a baby either, but it worked. His ways are above our ways. His plans are above our our plans. I'm sure many of you have traveled with children or you yourself have said it. (laughs) And that is when you keep going and keep going, The, the... age-old question is, are we there yet? Are we almost there? Are we there yet? It's constantly. Children aren't the only ones who get impatient, though we understand we're checking clocks. We're just, as I already mentioned, I'm sitting at the stoplight, and don't tell, but I run it a lot because I'm tired of waiting on it when there's no cars and uh, so you, you, you check the flights to see if they're delayed and you're aggravated if they are delayed and you're sitting with other frustrated, impatient passengers. So let's think about this with, with, Paul, in the, in the, with Paul in light of this. He, he, when he took that trip to Rome, the trip was anything but simple. Paul probably didn't expect smooth sailing, but I would even imagine the apostle Paul didn't imagine this was going to transpire. The arrest, a trial, a life-threatening storm, a shipwreck, snakebite. <laughs> there had to be times when he wondered to himself whether he was ever going to reach the capital, whether he was ever going to reach Rome. Maybe he had misunderstood what God wanted him to do or how God wanted him to do it. Wondering if he lost his sense of direction somewhere along the way, maybe He really didn't hear from God. Have you ever been there when you're pretty sure the direction you're supposed to go and how God was leading you? But on the way there, the house didn't sell, the the car broke down, you ran out of money, this happened and that happened. So, what do we do? Automatically, we begin to start second guessing. Did God really say? Am I really on the right path? Did I hear the voice of God directing me to get to my Rome, to get to my destination? He was the one. Remember back, he was the one traveling to Damascus when the light hit him, because he was the one that was saying all of these are heretics, and we're gonna we're gonna close this way down because they're preaching and teaching. He was raised in a strict Jewish home, and he was following the laws of God. I think his heart was right at this time, the Apostle Paul, and I think he was doing what he knew to do, because he 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 was when they were going around saying it's it's grace and it's forgiveness. It didn't go in his brain anywhere there's no way for this possibly to happen and so he wanted to just completely shut that down and because his life was forever transformed and changed it just blew people's mind of what a difference it was he took a literal 180 of who he was to what he is now and so all of these things that are transpiring in his life i'm sure many people outside of this was questioning oh the great apostle paul It's just payback for all those times you persecuted the Christians. That's why you got a snake bite. It's just payback for all those times you you did this or that. That's why you're in a shipwreck. Have you been in situations like that where things go wrong and then immediately other people may point it out, but a lot of times we do it to ourselves. Well, maybe it's because of this or that. Maybe God's out to get me. Maybe God's doing this. Maybe it's a consequence. And, and folks, you understand there are consequences to decisions and sins, but I'm not talking about that tonight. I'm talking about trying to follow the will and plan of God for your life. And when there's obstacles in the way, that does not mean you're going wrong. does not mean that something is, is, is awry and you need to rethink some things. If you've heard the voice of God as Paul has. He was on his way. God had changed his life. And now he was going someplace bigger than he ever thought and imagined that he could to be able to share the gospel, this good news. Paul knew, again, there was something down inside of him. He knew for certain that the Lord had stood by his side, the Scripture says, and he heard God say, you've talked about me here, I'm going to send you to Rome. And he knew that that's what God wanted him to be and where God wanted him to be. He just didn't know how he was going to get there. Paul's day, Rome was the capital, was the was the center, really, of military power. It was the United Nations, so to speak, of that day. And, and truly, they say all, ro- all roads literally, or all roads led to Rome was literally true from all over the place. Roman Empire was huge. It was massive. It was powerful. And Paul was on his way to Rome because God wanted him there. God said, you've got to speak to a larger audience. But Paul was not going under the best circumstances. Let me pick up where I jumped ahead. But Paul was a Roman as a he was sailed for Rome as an inmate on a prison ship. No matter how rough they're sailing or how impossible the situation Paul refused, though, to give up because it was what God had said. Here's what you have to understand from the get go of all of these lessons if you have a destiny and if God has directed you, come hell or high water, God will get you there. I don't know how and I don't know when, but that's where you're going to have to reach back and hang back onto that and realize God has spoken. And God has said, and God has done this for me, and so I'm going to head forward, not knowing, again, you're going to be a a prisoner on a boat, not knowing that you're going to be shipwrecked, not knowing that they're going to try to kill all the prisoners off, not knowing all of those things in the meantime, because I remember people always have said to me, if God ever showed you the whole picture, it'd scare you to death. Remember, sometimes we talk about building this building, I say, oh my word, yeah, there was a lot of work in this building. I worked hours and months and over a year in this building. It's just like if you knew now what you knew, if you could see this now, and when you first started, I would have said, I'd have quit in a second. I'd have said, This is impossible. I don't have a clue. There's no way I would even attempt to do something like this, even to help in any way on this. But because I didn't see That that was going to go wrong and this was going to go wrong and this was going to happen and then we're going to have to do this. I didn't see all that. It was just every day coming in and then all of a sudden we've been in here for 14 years now. It was just a daily thing. Again, we're talking about the spiritual. We're talking about the steps of a good man. We're talking about people walking after God and that destiny we're aiming for. Ultimately, we know that there may be a destiny down there and how God's going to get us there is what I'm not sure of. But I think if he showed you in the meantime, it would scare you. You'd throw in the towel and say, I quit. I'm not going down that. There's no way. I, I don't want any of that. Because God in his sovereignty, he understands that if you ever took a beeline straight to where he has directed you, you would miss all these important lessons and all these important things along the way and you would never survive where you're going. That God and his sovereignty will take you through things. Paul's journey to Rome, it inspires us to persevere no matter what we face. No matter what life throws at us or how big the obstacle appears that blocks our paths. I'm guessing people in this room, you've encountered enough storms in your life to know that the sailing is seldom smooth for very long. When you're going somewhere, there's usually a roadblock. There's usually a detour. There's usually a bump in the way. Please, I'm telling you again, do not count that as god is trying to take you god you you haven't heard from god or god is trying to take you another direction or or god is trying to do something else in your life you may be trying to learn a lesson or as as our previous series he may be trying to prune some things from you and so that you can go there and lay aside the weights and the sins and so that you can reach where god wants you to reach with full potential I don't know, maybe it has a lot to do with social media. Maybe it has to do with 24-7 news feeds. It's just constantly. But this world is terrifying. I get in the truck, I used to turn on the radio So I don't anymore. I don't even, I just, I'm not going to let it ruin my day. If the stock market crashed, I'll find out soon enough. If something happens, I'll find, if we're in war, I'll find out soon enough. I just, I'm not trying to be one of those that hide my head in the sand and stuff, but I'm, just, I, I'm tired of it ruining my day. Because everything is just dramatic and over the top and just, again, if it's not news, then it's not going to sell. So they got to conjure something up and just so they bring all this stuff. So, but, but there is real stuff. There's hurricanes and wildfires and mass shootings and terrorist attacks and economic downturns and corporate layoffs and viruses and sicknesses and on and on. And many people just, they're, we're just kind of overwhelmed with all of that. Just kind of trying to keep going in the middle of. Every crisis and disaster that just seems constantly inundating on us and, and, and fighting not to give up in and discouragement and despair and, and, and the unfairness and injustice and just so much pressure and so much stuff is around us that just boggles our mind and just pushes down on us and the pressures of life. And, and, and here's the thing about this too. You never know. You read those little memes and you read those little adages, but it's so true. You don't know what it, somebody else is going through. You don't know why they're acting the way they are because they, you have no clue what they have just gone through and what they're dealing with and what the pressures of life are on there. That, that could, should probably motivate us to be kinder to those people because they're on a journey and we're not sure where they are on that journey and what's happening to them. But then sometimes I have to recognize in my own self that my own struggles and my own weariness consume my attention. And sometimes I lose sight of where God has taken me. There's just so much going on and so many things happening. And I turn back into a kid and ask God, are we there yet? Are we almost there yet? Have we passed this test? Are we at our destination yet? And really, let's talk where the rubble meets the road because this is where Maturity comes in in our Christian walk with God. Because we just need to keep going. You're on your way, God is still with you. You're gonna make it to Rome, no matter how impossible it looks. God has a purpose, God has a plan, God has a destination. You've just got to keep going. Sometimes we look at individuals in the Bible, and we look at them as so far removed from from us. We almost look at them as uh, just you know, almost not human you know we, we read of these people in the bible and it's just like man they're great warriors and great great heroes of the faith uh, the, the 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 writer of the book of hebrews many think it was paul whoever it was but they 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 pulled out and they compiled this list of, of great men and women of faith to really i think encourage the believers of uh, the, uh, the believers they were writing to the first church but also to encourage us that the the people talked about in hebrews 11 they faced the same feelings the th- same thoughts, the same doubts, the same worries. They were just as human as you and I are human. The difference, and I hope that's not the difference, but the big thing about them, they were willing to trust God no matter what happened. And that was the key to their success in what God has taken them to is they were willing to hold on. They were willing to keep getting up Every single time they got knocked down, they just bounced right back up and they kept plodding on to Rome. They were going to get where God had told them to go. So in writing to other early fellow uh, early believers in that in that early church the writer of hebrew wanted them to persevere in their faith keep going see all these great cloud of witnesses see all of these people that did it you can do it also these people showed us to trust god when life goes sideways when god when life goes off the tracks when it's when the expectations are not met it was just as hard for all of those great pioneers of the faith as it is for you and i sometimes again we look at them like oh they succeeded You know the whole story. They did not know the story. I don't imagine it was too fun for Noah to be out there building some type of enormous structure that was cost a lot of money and was very hard to build while there was not one cloud in the sky. I bet that wasn't a fun chore for him. I bet it wasn't fun, and he probably didn't feel real good about it when his neighbors were scoffing and laughing at him when he's out there. It's going to rain. It's going to rain. It's going What in the world is rain? If I told you, well, we need to be careful. It's going to flood. It's going to flood. You know what rain is. You've seen a flood. You've seen the devastation of floods. You understand that. That had not happened. They, there was no rain at that time. What does that even mean? Yet Noah kept on preaching. Because that's what God said was going to happen. Same with Ruth and Naomi. We go through lists of these people. How wonderful! Oh, Ruth came back. Now she's in the lineage of the Messiah. Oh, she married Boaz. is wonderful. I can't imagine the trip from Moab back to Israel with her bitter mother-in-law, having no clue how she was going to receive what even she was going to do, it was a fun trip. But she just kept walking. If anyone had a right to gripe and complain, that's Job. I've said this so many times. The book of Job, Job didn't have the book of Job. (laughs) For just 10 seconds, put yourself in his shoes if you can. He's going through the day, and a servant runs up and says, All the cattle are gone. I'm the only servant that escaped. As he, The Bible says before he was done speaking, the next one, the sheep are gone. I'm the only servant. The Next one. The next one, the next one. Well, he's a great patriarch. <laughs> he was human. He had feelings. If all of that happened, I wouldn't even need a hint from my wife to say curse God and die. I think it would have just come out of my mouth. Put yourself there for a minute. All of these people and the things that happened to them, but but the bottom line of, again, even in Job, he clung stubbornly to this irrational belief that God is his creator and that he knew the way that he took and that he loved him and that he had not forsaken him. Again, you may not consider your faith to be as strong as that of those heroes of our faith, but really, you're human just like them. It's the same God and all you have to do is cling and it's the same faith as they had. It's just simply you refuse to let go. You refuse to give up. You refuse to give in. Trusting that he has your best interest at heart. That he knows what he's doing. That, that, that may sound good, but it's, it's that, that thing that we're struggling with sometimes. I, I read these scriptures, and you, you see, again, my quirky mind sometimes, these scriptures that sometimes we shout over. And, and on one, through one lens, yes, they're powerful scriptures. All things work together for good to them who love God. That's wonderful, and that's a great scripture. I'm excited about it until catastrophe hits. And then is that scripture still true? All things? I'll never leave you or forsake you. No good thing will I withhold from you. Read those scriptures when you're in the middle of the storm and run the aisles with them. Those good scriptures when everything's going good are wonderful. Those those scriptures when everything's not going so good are still wonderful just as true and it takes the faith to cling on to that to say god i don't have a clue what you're doing but i'm still going to hold on i'm going to it's irrational it doesn't make any sense nobody understands i don't even understand but lord you know where i am and the way that i take two things we can always rest assured that are forever settled in the word of God, and that is you're not alone. God is always with you. And the other thing, your journey is far from over. He didn't bring you this far just to drop you and leave you. Deuteronomy 31 eight, And the Lord, He it is that death go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. Psalm 139, 7 through 10, you could quote it with me. Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I sin up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the othermost parts of the sea, even there... Shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. God knows where you are and he's never left you along the way. Regardless of how, watch the word, regardless of how you may feel. Or how uncertain you are of where you're going. If you feel lost or you feel stuck or you feel caught in a rut. That's part sometimes of the plan but I will say in all of that sometimes it's very important to go back and to recalibrate and ask for directions again god did you really say this god did you really call me god am i really on my way to rome god is did you set before me a destination those things sometimes i have to go back and cling to those again Because the Apostle Paul, he knew firsthand what it meant to experience God's loving presence in all circumstances. What a great example to us. No wonder he wrote to some of the early churches, to the church in Rome, a matter of fact, Romans 8, 35 through 37. With confidence, he says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? shall it be tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword as it is written for thy sake we are killed all the day long we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter but he said nay in all these things we're more than conquerors through him that loved us if anybody had a right to say that Paul lived that he had a right to say that he had been through all of those things that he said I can tell you something down through the generations and down through the centuries of the church I can still tell you that I that that God is going to be with you. Nothing is going to be able to separate us. So we often don't recognize the journey we're on or the route we've taken until sometimes we look back. Have You ever been there? The Lord's given you a promise. The Lord's given you something and you take that journey and you finally get to that destination and you look back Sometimes, okay. hindsight, they say it's 20,20. 20. Sometimes it makes sense, sometimes it don't, but you can see the hand of God directing you. That's why that happened. That's why that turned out that way. That's why God has directed me there. Your Rome may seem like a distant, impossible dream that's just sputtering. You don't even see it inside any longer. But God knows that dream because he gave it to you. He created you for the specific purpose of its fulfillment. Only you can do it. He'll make sure you reach Rome, but you've got to be involved in this. You're going to have to cling to him. You're going to have to follow his lead. Every, everything you've experienced so far in your life has brought you to this point. I, I tell people many times when I'm counseling them and, and they're, they're stuck on situations, I said, well, here's the deal about this. You see me as this guy right here. You don't realize inside of me as a one-year-old and a two-year-old, a three-year-old, a four-year-old, a five-year-old, a six, a seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, and we be here all night counting. Because those are still who I am. And you don't know at 10 years old, somebody said that to me and that happened and that transpired. And so now that's a trigger point when you say it decades later, because you don't see that in me. Sometimes I look back over my life and everything I've experienced. Sometimes you question, why? Why? The great song we we sing, the hymn, we'll understand it better by and by. There are some things that we can understand. There are some things that we'll not understand here, I believe, but, but still there are some things that I can, and when I look back and realize that's why he did that. But here's the thing again, let me reiterate and push hard on you. You have to let him. You have to give it to him. If you're not following Him, make a U turn. Get back on the path. Get back where He re- needs you to be so that He can lead you in the way to get you to Rome. We've all been through things where we didn't lose our faith, but I'm telling you, our faith was stretched mighty, mighty thin. And again, those are those times we've had to cling to the only shred of truth that makes sense of the time and that is simply he's a great god and there's more going on here that i can comprehend i had to trust god so many times that it doesn't make sense what i see in front of me does not make any sense but we sing songs and say words like and the scripture bears out his ways are above our ways his Thoughts are above our ways, and even if we don't see it, he's still working. Even if I don't feel him and know he's still working working. We we all encounter those crossroads of calamity and at those junctures we have to make a choice about what we believe and what we're going to trust and which direction we're going to go. We have to decide whether our faith is real. Those those times are never easy, but they are there for exercising our faith and building our faith and it makes it stronger. There are, there's, there's more going on again than meets the eye. We can never forget. There's an invisible reality that is happening that you and i can't comprehend and can't see and i've always said i think it's at the height of arrogance of human nature to say because i can't figure out god i'm not going to trust him because i don't know what he's doing and i don't know i'm not going to trust him in that you're telling him that the great sovereign god you can do it better and you can figure it out better than he can that is at the height of arrogance But it is so hard and humbling to say, here it is, God. Take it all. Just get me to Rome. Get me to my destiny. I don't know what it's going to look like. Our struggles that sometimes we faith, that, that, that sometimes we faith it is really nothing new. We can, we can go back Let me real quick, let me read a couple of scriptures in John 20, verses 25 to 29. The other disciples therefore said unto him, we've seen the Lord. They're saying this to Thomas. But Thomas said unto them, except I shall see the hands in his hands, the prints of the nails, and put my fingers into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side. I'm not going to believe. After eight days again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, and the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then he said, Thomas, come here. Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands. Reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered, and, and just said, O oh, my Lord and my God. In verse 29, Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. And that, that's good. He said, but blessed are they that have not seen and yet believe. You know, I, I believe we're going to have church tonight. Well, duh, we're here. It didn't take a whole lot of faith. But if I say, I believe Sunday we're going to have a 1,000 people. <laughs> I'm not that Sunday yet. We've never had a thousand people in this building. That's a big step of faith if I truly felt God had said it. See the difference? I haven't seen something. And so when we haven't seen those things, so that that learning to walk by faith is essential to becoming who God wants us to be. So let me close with this. No matter where you find yourself right now, You can't see all that God is doing in your life and where he wants to take you. But I taught the series last time. The Bottom line again is just to cling to him, to trust in him, to deepen our faith in him. Because I promise you'll get to Rome if he said it, You'll get to Rome. But you're going to have to keep holding on to him. And keep trusting him, no matter the storm, no matter the situation. Hang on to him. He knows where you are. He's never going to leave you. Let's all stand in this house. And let's pray together, Lord, I'm thankful to be your child. Jesus, you've called us out of darkness into this marvelous light, and I'm so grateful, so thankful for that. Lord, I pray that you would help us, people that are under the sound of my voice that may uh, be wrestling with some things, not sure, Lord, not not even sure where you are. They haven't felt you. They, They can't find you. But thank you for your word where we can reflect back to the patriarchs and we can find words like Job said that. Even though I can't find you, you know exactly where I am. And I cling to that, Lord. I stand on that and hold on to that promise. I pray that you'd bless each one. Those that are on a mountaintop, Lord, I pray that you'd let them shout for the victory. But those that are walking through the valley, those that are in the middle of a storm, I pray that you'd hold them very close, oh God. I pray that you would help them to understand you're there with them. You have a bigger plan. Something bigger is in the making, and we're going to trust you for that, Lord. You do all things well. You hold us and guide us, Lord. And while we walk this life and the destiny that you place us here, ultimately our destiny, our goal is to be with you and to see you someday. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for your goodness. Bless each one, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.